Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vichara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Nurhadi House and I have a very special guest today, uh, Farid, the CEO, uh, Chief Executive Officer at Maratus Group. Okay, so thank you for being here, Farid. I'm really so excited to have you on the show. Yes, good afternoon, uh, Nurhadi, and uh, I'm excited as well to join this Vichara uh, podcast and, uh, and, and to share with you a bit of the industry challenges. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about key trends and challenges for the future of the shipping industry. But before we get started, can you please brief a little bit about yourself and your professional background? Okay. Well, so uh, so my name is Farid Belbouab. I'm a French national from, uh, from Paris. Uh, so I'm uh, 39 years old. Uh, uh, married with with three kids, uh, so uh, uh, I'm, I'm presently holding the position of uh, uh, CEO in uh, in the Meratus Group, uh, being in charge of the liner, of the logistic, uh, and the and the terminal divisions. Um, I've been in the Meratus Group for uh, almost a year. So uh, by September, by next, I mean by this September, I will ce- celebrate Satu Tahun, one year. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and, and before joining the Meratus Group, so uh, uh, I, I spent actually the last 15 years uh, working for, uh, uh, for the CMA-CGM Group, uh, a French worldwide leading uh, group where I have been holding various positions in, uh, in the commercial, the general management, in, uh, in uh, terminals, agency, uh, uh, line management divisions, and across different continents, so in, uh, in the Asia region, in Hong Kong, in Singapore, in Indonesia, uh, but as well in, uh, uh, in, in the Middle East, in Africa, and, uh, and, and in Europe. So, uh, so Indonesia is, uh, is not necessarily new to me uh, today in the, in the Meratus group. I used to work here, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm very, very happy actually to, uh, to be back to, uh, to Indonesia and to contribute uh, to make, let's say, of, uh, of, of Indonesia... Uh, Let's say a greater nation. How do you see the current trends of shipping in 2020 and next uh, five to 10 years from now? Have you seen a major change that will be changing the landscape of the shipping industry itself? Uh, very good question, uh, Muradi. I think what we, uh, what we have seen in 2021 is, uh, I think, is a lifetime experience. We, uh, with the COVID uh, and the pandemic, uh, we, uh, to be honest, no one actually would have expected such disruption uh, back actually at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, maybe I'd like actually to go back a little bit to 2020, to what has built the fundamental of, I would say, a, a, a shipping crisis or let's say a lifetime opportunity depends on, let's say, from whom you talk, whether it's from a, a customer end or from a ship owner, ship operator. So, so at the beginning of the year, so when uh, when the COVID crisis has uh, has started to plump, I will say in the uh, in uh, let's say in the in the world and starting from China. 
So we have been experimenting, um, I would say, a, a major supply chain uh, uh, management uh, disruption, where, for instance, the, the Chinese factories were closed back in the days from, uh, from, uh, from the last quarter of 20, 2019 up to the beginning of the year 2020. And, uh, and at that time, so everyone was expecting, let's say, life to go back to normal. Uh, but, uh, but suddenly, obviously, the, the pandemic has started, obviously, to spread all over the world. And, uh, and the, uh, the, uh, when China started to reopen and to control the, uh, the, the COVID uh, outbreak uh, in, in their territory, then, obviously, the, the COVID started to, to impact and influence, the, 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 let's, say the, the, let's say, all over the world, the, the, the region of Southeast Asia, Northeast Asia, but as well Europe, Middle East, Africa. And, um, and at that time, obviously, the, uh, let's say the, the whole, let's say, supply chain ecosystem and landscape started as well to be, to be severely impacted. So, so we had this disconnection between, uh, uh, let's say, I would say, uh, 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 let's say, economies locked down and, uh, and, and, let's say, and openings uh, between the, uh, let's say, the Far East and, and, and Europe and USA. And, uh, and in parallel, obviously, the shipping operators that in anticipation of, let's say, of the uh, impact of, let's say, this crisis started to take drastic measures by limiting the capacity. So a lot of blank sailing programs, blank sailing in the sense where reducing the capacity, taking out ships, scrapping vessels, uh, um, canceling actually voyages, uh, 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 services from Asia to to, to, to Europe, Asia, to, to, to US, uh, just to give a number, uh, approximately 285 blank sailings were introduced at that time to limit, I would say, the severe impact of the uh, lockdown from, from China because there was no cargo moving. Yeah. And, and, and uh, beside that, we had as well, let's say, container, let's say, manufacturers that have also drastically slowing down the production. When in a year, let's say in one year, you have approximately 2.5 million boxes that are produced. In 2020, only half a million were produced and were ordered by the shipping community. So this has created some sort of, uh, let's say, of uh, uh, aggregation of factors that had a major impact on the supply and demand. And when, let's say, uh, and all of these obviously were, let's say, uh, running while in parallel, the governments have taken also, I will say, a strong initiative to sustain their economy with incentive economic packages to, uh, to ensure that, you know, those uh, uh, small factories and people which are jobless, let's say, can, 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 can keep consuming goods. And, uh, and, and, and people also, I will say, uh, habits started to change with ordering more online, consuming more while actually they are at home changing their, uh, their equipment, let's say their home appliances. And, uh, uh, and, 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 and this has created, I would say, a, a, a major, major disruption where we have been noticing a shortage of capacity, shortage of space, shortage of equipments, leading consequently to as well congestion in the ports. And mm. when a container let's say, used to, to trade last year in the beginning of the trade from Asia to Europe at a level of $1,400, $1,500 is being today loaded at a level of fifteen dollars to 
per 40 foot from Asia to Europe. So this is absolutely amazing because I think we have never seen this. Uh, even uh, uh, if I recall well, the, uh, the 2008 crisis, when, the, let's say, before, let's say, uh, 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 let's say we had the subprime crisis and the, the economic and financial crisis, the, uh, there have been as well, as well a surge huh, in, let's say, in the, let's say, in the shipping trains and, and, and the rates actually were, let's say, all, of course, also increasing, but we have never seen this. And this is, uh, uh, this is obviously, this creates, this has, this has been creating a lot of opportunities uh, for, the, for the shipping carriers, uh, a lot of pressure as well to take, but, uh, but also a lot of challenges for, let's say, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, I would say, various industries across the world because, uh, because obviously moving now a container uh, for some, let's say, for some uh, uh, customers, some, for some consignees or some shippers, exporters, is uh, actually is, uh, is extremely, extremely uh, uh, challenging and, and complicated considering the, the surge of, of costs. So, so uh, uh, this year of, let's say, of, 20, I mean, of 2020, 2021 is, uh, is unique in terms of experience. Okay, so uh, particularly Indonesia and uh, Southeast Asia's context, so, uh, what is your view on this uh, in terms of trends and challenges in a shipping industry? So, uh, well, what is happening currently at, let's say, uh, uh, let's say at the global level and regional level with those, uh, let's say, with this shipping uh, crisis or, or opportunity? Huh? Uh, uh, and when I say it's a crisis and an opportunity, because it's really a, a, an outbreak, huh? and the, and the Suez Canal and the Yantian congestion, of course, are, are let's say, also triggering more and more uh, challenges. Like now, for instance, the, clo the closing of the Zushan, I mean, the, of the Ningbo terminal. Uh, uh, and, and the carriers, the international mainline operators are going to generate about $100 billion of profit. This is a 40 years losses, let's say, for the industry already. Uh, uh, so, so, uh, uh, so does it have an impact, let's say, on the Indonesian landscape environment? Yes and, and no. Yes, in the sense where obviously every industries are struggling uh, every port operator as well is seeing a surge of volumes and we have to cope with that. Uh, uh, but, but everyone actually has to deal with that. So the, the, the exporters who is uh, based in, in Java uh, and has to ship cargo from Indonesia to US is struggling as much as, let's say, others from other regions, from Vietnam, from Malaysia, or uh, probably a little bit less than China because China has the, uh, the network, they have the ecosystem. Uh, and they have obviously the, uh, let's say, a strong carrier network uh, uh, and setup to, to accommodate those, uh, those volumes. But overall, everyone is struggling. Uh, uh, of course, other ports are struggling more. Uh, other, let's say, uh, let's say the, those, let's say, uh, remote locations in the Sulawesi, in the Kalimantan, or, or let's say, or the Sumatra area are obviously struggling more because uh, uh, the carriers are giving more priority to uh, let's say to those let's say to those customers and uh, and and I will say as a national Indonesian operator we uh, we uh, uh, we have not seen we have not experimented let's say we have not experienced uh, let's say this surge of let's say of this disruption of business our business has been more stable towards the market I think because we have uh, we have different uh, uh, let's say uh, uh, factor number one there's a consistent overcapacity in the market. 
uh, oversupply. Uh, uh, even though we have been addressing these by, let's say, uh, reallocating ships to other trades or outside of Indonesia. But as well beyond that, the, uh, we have, I think, uh, some sort of moral obligation. So uh, uh, towards, let's say, the, the Indonesian Pulau, uh, 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 let's say, uh, ecosystem. So 17,000 islands to, uh, to serve, to connect, and, uh, and, and Meratus being, uh, let's say, an operator with 64 years uh, history uh, and experience here. So we, we, we've been, let's say, really willing to, uh, let's say, to, to continue to serve uh, the, the islands by, uh, let's say, uh, uh, with reasonable uh, uh, cost and, uh, 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 let's say, setup. So in terms of infrastructure, so uh, uh, how, let's say, how do I see actually Indonesia in the, let's say, uh, uh, and the Southeast Asia context. Huh? So uh, uh, Indonesia obviously has, uh, has still a major, major, um, let's say, uh, uh, role to play in the region uh, of Southeast Asia, but as well, I think, uh, in, the, in the Asia Pacific region. Uh, it's extremely well geolocated uh, in the sense where uh, you have, you know, the Malacca Strait and, uh, let's, say, let's say, the largest traffic, let's say world containerized and shipping traffic moves through the Malacca Strait. Uh, so, uh, uh, so there's actually still a major opportunity for the uh, Indonesian operators to grab. Uh, if I talk as well about, let's say, uh, uh, positioning, uh, yes, geographically, very good positioning, but as well, major positioning in terms of, let's say, I would say, of a contributor. Uh, Indonesia, is the fourth largest population in the world. Uh, more than 60%, let's say, of the population is below 30 years. And, uh, uh, and, and the, the economy is booming. So if you take out the context of the pandemic, the domestic growth has been contributing actually majorly in sustaining the economy despite the, the, the pandemic. And, uh, and uh, the, 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 uh, a, lot, a lot of opportunities uh, lies, I will say, on the let's say on the fact that we have really a wide territory with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with let's say, with, with a cultural diversity, which could really play a major role, let's say, in the, in the Southeast Asia and the Asia Pacific region. It has as well, of course, a lot of challenges because uh, uh, Indonesia is somewhat, you know, uh, I would say a big elephant with, uh, with let's say, so many uh, infrastructure, I would say, uh, 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 barriers to, uh, to overcome uh, uh, in the sense where there's, let's say, it has to be sustained by a strong investment in the, uh, let's say, in terms of infrastructure development in, uh, in Java, but as well in, uh, in the other islands. Uh, we have still to, let's say, to continue to develop our port, let's say, infrastructure uh, uh, everywhere to reinforce them. Uh, because even though actually 50 to 60% of the population is concentrated in Java, but uh, yeah. we still have 40% across Sumatra, Sulawesi, the Nusantangara uh, uh, area in Kalimantan. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and, and, and the bureaucracy as well, that is really, I will say, uh, redounding, let's say, in, uh, in daily, let's say, uh, uh, actions and interactions with, with the government constitutes somewhat, let's say, a, a challenge to, uh, to overcome. But mm. I think we are, we are really making good progress and, yeah. uh, and the, the startups and the, uh, uh, the private sector are playing a major role in, uh, in shifting the, the, the economy to a digital economy with 
with more opportunities, uh, uh, Okay, so what advice uh, can you offer to the business leader and also stakeholders to stay on the top of these trends, Farid? Uh, I think, uh, uh, Nurhadi, the, the first key takeaway that, uh, let's say, I'd like to, to share, it's, it's really about, you know, uh, uh, being able to, uh, to, uh, uh, to accept and to, and to anticipate any sort of disruption. Uh, to be very honest with you, uh, even though I have been attending, uh, uh, let's say, some leadership programs in INSEAD and, uh, and I have been, let's say, working in, uh, in different countries and I had as well to go through different crises uh, in, uh, in, in my life. I mean, the, particularly the one of 2008. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was not expecting uh, the COVID to be so disruptive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so it's uh, today we talk about the new normal, but the new normal is now the old normal, and uh, I think we 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 really need to accept the fact that uh, COVID might not go away for um, for uh, you know probably the next two to three years. We have actually to uh, to accept the fact that uh, uh, there are let's say different variants that are let's say are, are coming that there are new vaccinations. Let's say new vaccines as, as well that will need to be developed to, uh, to uh, let's say I will say to, to cope with those let's say uh, uh, new variants to accept the fact that the COVID is here to stay. I mean to stay. So at least for the next two to three years, we 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 need to continue to strive uh, through uh, let's say this this pandemic because uh, it's important. I will say for the success. Of let's say of let's say of uh, of our companies of our people and 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 as well at personal level for let's say for our families and the, and the next generation to come, we need let's say our leaders. I mean the leaders must be agile, in mm-hmm. the sense where we uh, we have let's say uh, today uh, uh, let's say a, a new new working style environment. I think it's not even only about uh, work from home or work from office. But, uh, but it's how actually to maintain a certain connection with our people to ensure that the motivation is there, that they can continue to learn, that they can continue to be groomed uh, online uh, uh, because, because, the, uh, 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 because people are all, today have, let's say, expectations as well from, uh, let's say, from, uh, from, from the leaders uh, in, uh, let's say, in, uh, in our companies. Uh, Understanding customer behavior is also critical in the sense where it's not only about uh, transformation or, or digitalization, but it's really about anticipating their needs, ensuring that the, uh, uh, the customer experience is seamless, that they can connect to whatever application, system. I see a lot of initiatives in many companies with, with managerial programs and uh, uh, and which is of course uh, critical, huh? but uh, uh, what 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 COVID has taught us is that the uh, the soft skills are probably as much as let's say as important as let's say the technical skills, and probably even let's say uh, managing the stress, uh, communicating properly, ensuring that any key message that you want to deliver are let's say are effective in this pandemic context. In this, let's say, uh, uh, digital online, co- let's say, a context is really critical. So, investing in people is actually, uh, 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 I would say, uh, 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 critical to uh, to make sure that you 
you can, let's say, attract best people, but you make sure as well that you can retain them. Okay, so I actually still have a couple of questions, Farid, but uh, we are running out of time now. So uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to speaking with you at another time. At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share Bichara Supply Chain and stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.